Welcome to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, a podcast about geek culture by lawyers with your hosts, Ben Siders and Kirk Damon. And welcome back to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, the podcast that asks interesting questions that don't have any answers with your still quarantined host, Ben Siders, that's me, and Kirk Damon. We are doing part two of the Edamame episodes, and I remember, by the way, how we got on that, because it's a podcast, and we have multiple beans or peas in a pod. I think Kirk had originally said we should call them like the, the pea episodes, but I thought that didn't sound really great, so we came up with Edamame instead, so that's why these are the Edamame episodes. Uh, anyway, so Kirk's got another segment he would like to do on one of his all-time favorite movies, uh, Aliens. And uh, so I'm just going to throw it over to him to talk about uh, that. So, Kirk, take it away. Okay, I'm back for another quick blurb here. Um, Wanted to focus on one that I don't know what you guys uh, um, may be aware of and stuff like that. But it's it's one that I think has some connection with our current world, but also um, sort of traditional sci-fi. And that is the fact that May 25th, uh, 2020, uh, which either is probably just uh, before or just after um, the release of this particular um, short segment, uh, is the 21st anniversary of the movie Alien. Um, Now, I bring up Alien because I wanted to talk a couple things about it. And what I particularly wanted to talk about in conjunction with it is, one, my interaction with the movie. Because it's actually a movie that I have a lot of of real respect and um, connection with. And the second thing is a general sort of association of that movie uh, in conjunction with fear and fear generally. So I want to go in just briefly with the idea of, of my connection with the movie and, and why I'm, I, I actually love the Alien franchise. I have for a very long time, but it's because of the fact and the way I got associated with it. So first thing is, is that I did not see Alien first. I actually saw Aliens uh, first, uh, the James Cameron uh, movie. Uh, as opposed to Ridley Scott's Alien in the singular, the first one in the franchise. Um, I actually saw it in high school. Um, I had not seen, uh, for the most part, any kind of real horror movies. And as, as a general thing, I would not necessarily classify Aliens, again, James Cameron's version, as a true horror movie. To me, it's much more uh, of sort of an action-adventure type of movie. Um, Alien, I think without any question, the Ridley Scott version uh, is, uh, without any question, a horror movie. Um, and so it's one of those things where, you know, I hadn't really seen I hadn't seen much action-adventure. I actually saw very few movies uh, in theaters growing up as a kid. Most movies I saw were on television. Um, this is obviously the days before VCRs and DVDs and all that. So you had to wait till they were released on TV. And the movies I saw, one, obviously any movie I saw that was particularly um, – uh, you know, concerning of what it could be shown on TV was obviously edited for TV. So a lot of the movies I saw were not uh, in the full versions. And the other thing about it was we just simply didn't go see many movies. And to the extent we did, we did not see uh, many movies that would be classified as any form of action adventure and definitely not horror movies. Uh, I think a lot because my parents were worried about, you know, what my reaction to them would be. Uh, and also because they didn't want to see them. Uh, but I did see it in high school. Uh, I actually saw Aliens at a friend's house. We were in the process of doing a uh, a project, interesting enough, for my German class. 
uh, we had to make a commercial and our commercial was going to be for Pepto-Bismol and we were going to use the alien chest burster or aliens chest burster as part of our um, your stomach hurts arguments for our uh, German class. Now, we, of course, thought this was hilarious at the time being high school boys. I'm not sure our teacher thought it was that good. But anyway, that was my first exposure to it. Mom, my friend actually had it on a Laserdisc. Um, so not DVD, uh, not VCR, but back in the days of Laserdisc. So we, we used it to transfer scenes over, which we then voiced over uh, in conjunction with um, you know, German footage, you know, I think based upon other things on the show, would that be constitute fair use? I'd like to think it's for an educational purpose, <laughs> but in any case, that was sort of what we did. But in the end, uh, we ended up watching quite a lot of the movie, which I hadn't seen, um, because of the fact that he had it. Now, one of the key things to keep in mind the first time I saw Aliens, I did see the Laserdisc version. For those of you who are aware of the differences between it, that meant that the version I saw had the sentry guns in it. Um, that, so the first time I saw it, it had that scene. And actually, the first time I saw it after having seen it at my friend's house, I really wondered what had happened to that scene, uh, why that scene was not there, because I distinctly remembered it. I thought it was one of the better scenes in the entire movie. Um, but anyway, it's um, at least for building tension. But anyway, I wanted to sort of mention the fact that that was you know, a lot of the connection I had with it. Because I saw that and it was one of the first movies I ever saw that truly scared me. Um, the alien in Aliens to me was utterly terrifying. Um, the idea of what it was, what it became. And again, I saw it in what I think is more of an action-adventure movie than in the true horror movie, which was Alien. But in any case, I didn't wanted to go back and obviously wanted to see Alien. I did see it shortly thereafter. Um uh, I can't remember exactly. I think I rented it on a, a VCR tape at some point in time, uh, either probably still in high school or uh, shortly after I went to college. Uh, but anyway, that was a, a lot of sort of the connection that I had uh, in conjunction with the movie. And so I, I really look back at it as one of the few movies and definitely one of the first movies to truly scare me. Um, I've watched a number of horror movies. Uh, I enjoy horror as a genre. As I tell people sort of in conjunction with it, I'm not a big fan of slasher movies, um, mostly because of the fact that I find them to be a bit boring, but I definitely uh, like them when they're well done. Uh, some of them I think are very well done. I have not seen a lot of the classics. Um, I've never seen the original Friday the 13th, uh, for example. Uh, uh, so I've never seen the original Halloween, you know, classic horror movies I've never seen, but I've seen many, I would say almost even more classics uh, of horror movies uh, in the course of doing it. So anyway, that's sort of been my take um, in conjunction with, you know, uh, Alien and Aliens as being this sort of first movie. But like I said, I saw a lot of the classics. Um, I've seen like the original Wolfman, the original Dracula. Um, many of, I think, sort of the, the old monster movies have a real horror to them that modern horror movies don't have. And it comes down to... And I, I think it's a great comment uh, in interviewing sort of, you know, Ridley Scott and talking a lot about, you know, why is Alien so scary is the concept with it is, is you don't really know what the alien is. And again, having seen them in the wrong order, um, I knew what the alien was, <laughs> you know, I knew what the chest burster was. I knew how the aliens worked, uh, what they grew up into. Uh, I'd sort of seen everything beforehand. So, you know, sealing Alien, um, you know, didn't have to me the element of surprise that I think a lot of the original cohorts sort of goers go. Um, and it, because of that, you lacked a little bit of the, the horror effect of it. At the same time, I definitely understood it. Um, the, you know, hey, you're hunting this little tiny thing that's running around. Hey, I knew what it was going to become. I knew it was not going to be this little tiny thing by the time they found it. Um, but I think a lot of people didn't, you know, they, they really had no idea sort of what was going on. And I think that's a lot of what makes, um, truly good horror movies, good horror movies is the, the inability to know what's going on. Um, 
And that brings me to my, my general topic today, which is fear. Um, fear is, I think, one of the things that, that, that anybody who's listening to this uh, when it's recorded, obviously, um, we stand in, in a state that currently is just reopening, uh, coming from the pandemic. Uh, I'm still definitely working from home and probably will be for the, the foreseeable future. But it's one of those where I think there's we've all encountered recently fear and particularly fear of the unknown. So when we look at, at horror movies and, and what makes horror movies fun, what makes them good, it is that fear of the unknown. The not knowing what the monster is, not knowing what it is, I mean... I think there's a little question that most people think sort of the best horror movies that are out there, you know, ones that I've encountered that, that I've really enjoyed um, are movies that you don't necessarily know what's going on. You don't necessarily know what to expect. And, you know, the the soundtrack to the movie has a great job of, of you know, increasing that mood and tension in conjunction with it. This, you know, a few of the, the sort of greatest horror movies in my mind is what it is. I do classify Alien as one of the, the best horror movies that's out there. Um, other movies I classify, and actually my favorite horror movie is Rosemary's Baby, um, which for those of you who haven't seen it is definitely not a slasher movie. Um, has very little. It's basically a psychological thriller uh, in the way that it works, but I find that the sort of concept behind it and the way that it plays out is particularly terrifying uh, in the way that it works. I just think it's a very, very well done movie. The other one, and what I would say is probably to me the most um, disturbing movie, partially because I think Rosemary Baby, while being unsettling and disturbing, is a, a bit of a product of its time. It's hard to um, be be completely terrified by it because we're, we we see uh, some of the movie making uh, limitations, I guess I would put. But to me, what was probably the, the truly most terrifying movie um, out there, and I think it, even now it has slight um, problems in a conjunction with its 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 age because of the use of a VCR tape as part of it, is The Ring. Um, I think that is an utterly brilliantly done um, scary movie and a movie which really enhances on fear. Um, to me, it's it's just it's sort of a perfect uh, presentation of how to both one completely creep the audience out at times. Um, as I think anybody who's seen the movie, I would simply say the scene with the fly. Everybody knows exactly which scene I'm talking about. Um, is is incredibly creepy. Um, the monster in it is definitely left off screen and it's it's scary and it's it's well done in i took have been taking media studies 101 when i was in college and one of the things that always fascinated me about it is the concept of what's called mise-en-scene uh, mise-en-scene is what occurs on screen versus what occurs off screen so the idea of you know actions which occur uh, that the characters encounter but do not incur uh, in conjunction with what you actually see on the screen so them looking off screen at something which you don't see allows you to fill in what are they looking at and uh, to use that as an example that was actually um when I did uh, my, my paper on mise-en-scene, I used the Western, the, the Searchers, uh, which if you guys know, it starts with uh, the murder of uh, the, the Frontier family. Um, you know, it's a, it's a classic Cowboys and Indians, um, you know, Western, which, you know, is not necessarily uh, politically correct today. Uh, but it's one of those things where, you know, it starts off with the, the family having been murdered. You never see what happens to them. You never see them at all. Um, you simply have characters looking through a doorway and reacting to what they see. Um, so anyway, that's a, um, a good example of sort of me is on Sen and, you know, what, it, what do you see versus what do you not see? And the idea of your brain filling it in. It's something that horror movies do a lot of. Uh, they expect you to fill in the gaps. What do you see? What do you not see? Um, obviously, there's also issues of what do you see versus what do the characters on screen see? Uh, the classic, the character is facing you. Something is coming up behind them. So you see behind them and what is happening. Um, but I think in a lot of the, the truly best horror movies, the ones I enjoy is the ones where the the violence um, and the scariness in many respects is left off screen. You know what's happened. 
Um, you know what the character's reaction to it is, but you don't need to see it, which allows you to simply fill in the gaps uh, to do it. Um, I happen to have read a review when they're talking about uh, a review of, of Alien at one point in time, uh, and really Scott's sort of talking about the idea that you know the the scariest theater and the scariest screening room is the one in between your ears, um, and I think that that's a, a great comment uh, in conjunction with it is that we are very good at being afraid. Um, when we create sort of fear of the unknown. And that's where, you know, as much as I want to make this talking about horror movies, I also want to talk a little bit about today. And I think right now we're all, um, again, to the extent we're, we're listening to this at the point in time it's recorded or when it's released, uh, we're all scared of the unknown. Um, we are all in a window where we don't know what's going to happen. We have lack of information. Um, and we are sort of viewing the world like a horror movie through portals. I mean, we're, we're viewing the world in many respects through our screens. Um, it's like watching a horror movie. Uh, we are provided with small amounts of information, um, which we can't necessarily get more of. Now, obviously, we have access to vast amounts of information compared to what we used to have beforehand, but we still are, like watching a horror movie, interacting with the world through a screen. And what shows up on that screen has been edited by somebody else, um, you know, is provided to us um, you know, in a, in a particular way and, you know, is, is an influence. I think one of the concerns that we've got today right now is whether or not fear is justified. Um, I think fear is one of those things that we, we in some sense enjoy. Uh, I think many people enjoy being afraid because they enjoy the recovery from being afraid. And I, I think there's a, a good thing from that. But at the same time, a lot of us, you know, don't want to be afraid and we are encountering uh, something where we are afraid regularly. I haven't happened to see any statistics. I've been wondering uh, whether or not horror movie consumption has gone up or down. Um, as people are watching, obviously, a lot of TV at this point in time, it's, it's kind of one of those things I'm curious about. You know, my assumption is that it's probably gone down. People are, are unwilling to be afraid. At the same time, I think there is a desire to be, uh, to take a horror movie where you can be afraid and then have a resolution at the end uh, of comments. Um, as to where it goes. Obviously, sort of, you know, that, that works in most horror movies. There's at least some um, resolution at the end. But anyway, that's what I just want to talk about briefly. I want to talk about this idea of fear um, and sort of point out the idea of horror movies. It's something I wouldn't mind getting into a little bit more at some point in time in the future, but I think it's a difficult thing to talk about because it's one of the things where when we start talking about uh, what makes us afraid, what are we afraid of, and things like that, we, we reveal a vulnerability um, that in itself is scary. Um, and so... I want to talk about it briefly, um, go into this idea behind it. I think it's an interesting topic and again, sort of talk about it, find it from any of you guys. If you happen to have any horror movies you recommend, again, if you happen to be getting into sort of, you know, horror movies are looking for good ones to see and you haven't seen many, I definitely would recommend Alien, um, and watch them in order. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, without it, I think there are redeeming qualities to Alien 3. I know a lot of people can't, you know, can't stand it. It's what it is. I think it has good moments. I think it has some real bad ones too. Uh, but the first two are definitely classics. There's a reason why Ridley Scott and James Cameron, I think both went on to become very, very well-known directors afterwards. Um, but, you know, that kind of thing with it. Um, I have also watched Prometheus, um, which has, again, also I think has some very strong redeeming qualities. Unfortunately, I think it, it fails at certain times. I think it was a little too reliant on CGI at one point in time. Um, and just having fun with CGI, the fact that certain elements of the plot just don't make any sense. Um, but it's uh, it's one of those things where I think the... Um, you know, you, you've really got this desire to, if you've got this desire to sort of see something scary that potentially resolves itself, uh, there's a lot of good horror movies out there. I do definitely recommend, um, as, as sort of, again, scary movies as to what it is, I recommend a lot of the old Universal Monsters, uh, as surprising as it is. A lot of those movies are really well done. Um, the original Dracula is 
actually still quite scary even to this day. I think the original Mummy um, is actually quite scary um, even to this day. Again, you know, there's limitations on filmmaking techniques and stuff like that um, as to what, what you can do, but I think that they, they still work as movies. Um, I think there are a lot of other sort of, you know, good ones out there as to what it is. Again, I definitely recommend The Ring. Um, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend seeing Rosemary's Baby. Um, it's it, it definitely is different. Um, I'm not going to give anything away uh, about the movie just if you haven't seen it. But recognize that it's it's a product of its time and it's it's a low budget, um, at least I assume it's pretty low budget, uh, movie for what it is. And it's very much a, a between your ears uh, type thing. You have to take it with a little bit of acceptance. I think you have to sort of, as I think it's been a horror movie, you have to accept its premise. You can't just laugh it off and say, no, it doesn't work. Um, it's whatever it is. Obviously, other great ones which are out there... Um, I wonder I wouldn't mind talking about at some point in time, Dead of the Living Dead, um, you know, classic zombie movies where, you know, the, the, the scariness, as they say, is your fellow humans, not necessarily the thing outside the room. Uh, but I think that's a, a good example as well as a, as a just generally good um, scary movie as to what it is. There are um, plenty of other more modern ones as well, um, 28 Days Later. Uh, definitely, I think is a good one. Again, a little more of a thriller uh, in many respects than what it is, but, you know, sort of slightly more modern ones. Um one I'm actually really wanting to watch, and they just released it, is I, I definitely want to watch The Quiet Place, uh, just because, again, the uh, concept of it intrigues me as to what it is. I know there's some issues in conjunction with the way the plot works, but it's, it's one of those things that intrigues me. So anyway, um, I'll leave it with that. Uh, if people want to come back to this thing, I'm sure I'll come back to it and do a little uh, episode on this at some point in time, but uh, it's one of the things that just sort of intrigues me that I wanted to talk about, and I think we haven't talked about enough necessarily on this show um, when we're talking about sort of the culture with it is scary science fiction movies. So anyway, I'll leave you with that, and I will talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, Kirk. Uh, so, again, we're going to have some more of these coming. I'm going to try and do something on uh, some recent developments in uh, video games and music law, uh, and maybe just talk about uh, other things that are going on, such as the SpaceX launch, which, as I record this, it's May 30th. It's been uh, delayed once, but scheduled to start here in about an hour and 15 minutes. So, hopefully, that goes well. So, we're going to try and bring you uh, a variety of different things uh, some legal, some more uh, geek pop culture. Uh, and hopefully a little bit of both. So that's all for today. We'll see you next time. Lauren, play us out. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Lewis Rice LLC, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. This podcast was produced and recorded in St. Louis, Missouri. 